When the Taliban banned music in Afghanistan, millions were plunged into silence. Radios were smashed, cassettes burned. You could be beaten or jailed or killed for breaking the rules. And yet, Afghans did it anyway. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The danger they endured. They said, my head should be cut off. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then... Fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, hello there, welcome. This is, of course, as always, Let's Talk About Myths, baby! And I am, of course, as always, your host and resident lover of reading things aloud, Liv. 
here I am once again loving reading things aloud. It is so much fun. It means that I can plan my life just a little bit easier by peppering these fun as fuck episodes in alongside my super duper research to take me literally forever to write narrative episodes and my conversations, which may not have a full script, but man, do they still involve a lot of coordination and editorial work on my part. Enter a love of reading Ovid's Heroides now and again, just for fun, just to give you all a sense of what one of my all-time favorite ancient authors was going on about. Ugh, Ovid, you troublemaker, you. So yes, with that behind-the-scenes rambling out of the way, here I am with another episode of me reading Ovid's Heroides to you. We're actually slowly starting to run out of these. There are a handful left, but they're either ones I simply will not read to you. I'm looking at you, letter from Briseis to Achilles that absolutely presents her as a Rose Byrne-style Briseis and not a woman enslaved by foreign invaders. Or Sappho to Phaon, an absolutely mad piece of nonsense that is, quite frankly, just straight-up slander against our girl Sappho. Other than those two, we're down to just characters that I haven't actually told you about on the podcast, which thankfully just give me ideas for more stories to tell you on the podcast. Love that for Ovid. Today, though... Today we have two of our all-time favorite women, favorite stories being told in these letters. And you've already seen the episode's title, so there's no spoiling it. Yes, that's right. I am here today with letters from women surrounding the Trojan War mythos. Those far away from the war themselves, but still affected by its survivors. The first letter is from none other than Penelope to my main man Odysseus, or rather Ulysses, as Ovid will call him. And the second is the letter from Dido to Aeneas. Ugh, yeah. Dido to Aeneas. Phew. That's sure to be really something. What a combo, right? Two of the most interesting, intelligent, strong, and complex women of Greek and Roman myth. Now, how will Ovid handle them? (laughs) With him, you never really know. And either way, be they strong and righteous or sad little agents of the patriarchy in Ovid's eyes, I am so here for it. This is Ovid's Heroides number one, the letter from Penelope to Ulysses, translated by Grant Showerman. This missive your Penelope sends to you, O Ulysses, slow of return that you are, yet write nothing back to me, yourself come. Troy, to be sure, is fallen, hated of the daughters of Greece, but scarcely were Priam and all Troy worth the price to me. Oh, would that then, when his ship was on the way to Lacedaemon, the adulterous lover had been overwhelmed by raging waters. Then had I not lain cold in my deserted bed, nor would now be left alone complaining of slowly passing days, 
nor would the hanging web be wearying now my widowed hands as I seek to beguile the hours of spacious night. When have I not feared dangers graver than the real? Love is a thing ever filled with anxious fear. It was upon you that my fancy ever told me the furious Trojans would rush. At mention of the name of Hector, my pallor ever came. Did someone begin the tale of Antilochus laid low by the enemy? Antilochus was cause of my alarm. Or did he tell of how the son of Menetius fell in armor not his own? I wept that wiles could lack success. Had Telepolemus with his own blood made warm the Lycian spear? In Telepolemus's fate was all my care renewed, in short. Whoever it was, the Argive camp that was pierced and fell, colder than ice grew the heart of her who loves you. But good regard for me had the god who looks with favor upon chaste love. Turned to ashes is Troy, and my lord is safe. The Argolic chieftains have returned, our altars are a smoke, before the gods of our fathers is laid the barbarian spoil. The young wife comes bearing thank offerings for her husband saved. The husband sings of the fates of Troy that have yielded to his own. Righteous elder and trembling girls admire, the wife hangs on the tail that falls from her husband's lips. And someone about the board shows thereon the fierce combat, and with scant tracing of wine pictures forth all Pergamum. Here flowed the Simois, this is the Sygean land, here stood the lofty palace of Priam, the ancient. Yonder tented the son of Iacus, yonder Ulysses, here in wild course went the frightened steeds with Hector's mutilated corpse. For the whole story was told your son, whom I sent to seek you. Ancient Nestor told him, and he told me. He told of well of Rhesus's and Dolon's fall by the sword, how the one was betrayed by slumber, the other undone by guile. You had the daring, O oh, too, too forgetful of your own, to set wily foot by night in the Thracian camp, and to slay so many men all at one time, and with only one to aid. Ah, yes, you were cautious indeed, and ever gave me first thought. My heart leaped with fear at every word until I was told of your victorious riding back through the friendly lines of the Greeks with the courses of Ismarus. But of what avail to me that Ilion has been scattered in ruin by your arms, and that what once was wall is now level ground, if I am still to remain such as I was while Troy endured, and must live to all time bereft of my lord? For others Pergamum has been brought low, for me alone it still stands, though the victor dwell within and drive there the plough, the ox he took as spoil." Now are fields of corn where Troy once was, and soil made fertile with the Phrygian blood waves rich with harvest, ready for the sickle. The half-buried bones of her heroes are struck by the curved share, and herbage hides from sight her ruined palaces. A victor, you are yet not here, nor am I let know what causes your delay, or in what part of the world hard-heartedly you hide. 
whose turn to these shores of ours his strangership is plied with many a question ere he go away, and into his hand is given the sheet writ by these fingers of mine, to render up should he but see you anywhere. We have sent to Pelos the ancient land of Nestor, Nellius's son. The word brought back from Pelos was nothing sure. We have sent to Sparta, too. Sparta also could tell us nothing true. In what lands are you abiding, or where do you idly tarry? Better for me were the walls of Phoebus still standing in their place. Ah, me inconstant, I am wroth with the vows myself have made. Had they not fallen, I should know where you were fighting, and have only war to fear, and my plaint would be joined with that of many another. But now, what I am to fear I know not, yet nonetheless I fear all things, distraught, and wide is the field lies open for my cares. Whatever dangers the deep contains, whatever the land, suspicion tells me are cause of your long delays. While I live on in foolish fear of things like these, you may be captive to a stranger love. Such are the hearts of you men. It may be you ever tell how rustic a wife you have, one fit only to dress the fine wool. May I be mistaken, and this charge of mine be found slight as the breeze that blows, and may it not be that, free to return, you will to be away." As for me, my father Icarius enjoins me to quit my widowed couch, and ever chides me for my measureless delay. Let him chide on. Yours I am, yours must I be called. Penelope, the wife of Ulysses, ever shall I be. Yet is he bent by my faithfulness and my chaste prayers, and of himself abates his urgency. The man of Dilichium and Samos, and they whom high Zacynthus bore— a wanton throng, come pressing about me, suing for my hand. In your own hall they are masters, with none to say them nay. My heart is being torn, your substance spoiled. Why tell you of Pisander, and of Polybus, and of Medon the cruel, and of the grasping hands of Eurymachus and Antinous, and all of others, all of whom through shameful absence you yourself are feeding fat with store that was won at cost of your blood? Iris the beggar and Melanthius who drives in your flocks to be consumed are the crowning disgrace now added to your ruin. We number only three, unused to war, a powerless wife, Laertes, an old man, Telemachus, a boy— he was of late all but waylaid and taken away from me while making ready against the will of all of them to go to Pelos. The gods grant, I pray, that our fated ends may come in due succession, that he be the one to close my eyes, the one to close yours. To sustain our cause are the guardian of your cattle and the ancient nurse, and, as a third, the faithful ward of the unclean sty. But neither Laertes, unable as he is to wield arms now, can sway the scepter in the midst of our foes, Telemachus indeed, so he live on, will arrive at years of strength, but now should have his father's aid and guarding. Nor have I the strength to repel the enemy from our halls. Do you yourself make haste to come, haven and altar of safety for your own, you have a son, and may you have him ever, is my prayer. 
who in his tender years should have been trained by you in his father's ways. Have regard for Laertes, in the hopes that you will come at last to close his eyes. He is withstanding the final day of fate. As for myself, who when you left my side was but a girl, though you should come straight away, I surely shall seem a grown and aged dame. When the Taliban banned music in Afghanistan, millions were plunged into silence. Radios were smashed, cassettes burned. You could be beaten or jailed or killed for breaking the rules. And yet, Afghans did it anyway. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol the danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Oh, Penelope, Penelope, Penelope. I loved that one. And as much as I love my problematic main man, ugh, Penelope is just, she's so much better than him. But she is quite strong in this one. You know, she's really standing up for herself. She's really just calling out Odysseus's shit. Like, dude, everyone else is home already. It would be one thing if I knew the war was still going on. I could just blame that. But where the fuck are you? Like, where the fuck are you? Is what she is really saying. I mean, I wish I could have thrown the word fuck in there, but Ovid didn't use it. Whatever. Seriously, that one was so entertaining, which makes me even more exciting to now read to you Dido. This is Ovid's Heroides number seven, the letter from Dido to Aeneas. Thus, at the summons of fate casting himself down amid the watery grasses by the shallows of meander, sings the white swan. Not because I hope you may be moved by prayer of mine do I address you, for with God's will adverse I have begun the words you read— but because, after wretched losing of desert, of reputation, and of purity of body and soul, the losing of words is a matter slight, indeed. Are you resolved, nonetheless, to go, and to abandon wretched Dido? And shall the same winds bear away from me at once your sails and your promises? Are you resolved, Aeneas? to break at the same time from your moorings and from your pledge, and to follow after the fleeting realms of Italy, which lie you know not where? And does newfound Carthage not touch you, nor her rising walls, nor the scepter of supreme power placed in your hand? What is achieved, you turn your back upon? What is to be achieved, you ever pursue? One land has been sought and gained, and ever must another be sought through the wide world. Yet, even should you find the land of your desire, who will give it over to you for your own? Who will deliver his fields to unknown hands to keep? A second love remains for you to win, and a second dido, a second pledge to give, and a second time to prove false. When will it be your fortune, think you, to found a city like Carthage, and from the citadel on high to look down upon peoples of your own? Should your every wish be granted, even should you meet with no delay in the answering of your prayers, whence will come the wife to love you as I? I am all ablaze with love, like torches of wax tipped with sulfur, like pious incense placed on smoking altar fires. Aeneas my eyes cling to through all my waking hours. Aeneas is my heart through the night and through the day. Tis true he is an ingrate and unresponsive to my kindnesses. <laughs> And were I not fond, I should be willing to have him go. Yet, however ill his thought of me, I hate him not, but only complain of his faithlessness. And when I have complained, I do but love more madly still. 
Spare, O Venus, the bride of your son. Lay hold of your hard-hearted brother, O brother love, and make him to serve in your camp. Or make him to whom I have let my love go forth. I first, and with never shame for it, yield me himself the object of my care. Ah, vain delusion, the fancy that flits before my mind is not the truth. Far different his heart from his mother's. Of rocks and mountains were you begotten, and of the oak sprung from the lofty cliff of savage wild beasts, or of the sea, such a sea as even now you look upon, tossed by the winds, on which you are nonetheless making ready to sail, despite the threatening floods. Whither are you flying? The tempest rises to stay you. Let the tempest be my grace. Look, you, how Eurus tosses the rolling waters. What I had preferred to owe to you, let me owe to the stormy blasts. Wind and wave are juster than your heart. I am not worth enough? Ah, why do I not wrongly rate you? To have you perish flying from me over the long seas. Tis a costly and a dear-bought hate that you indulge if, to be quit of me, you account it cheap to die. Soon the winds will fall, and over the smooth-spread waves will triton course with cerulean steeds. Oh, that you two were changeable with the winds. And unless, in hardness, you exceed the oak, you will be so— what could you worse if you did not know the power of raging seas? How ill to trust the wave whose might you have so often felt. Even should you loose your cables at the persuasion of calm seas, there are nonetheless many woes to be met on the vasty deep. Nor is it well for those who have broken faith to tempt the billows. Yawn is the place that exacts the penalty for faithlessness, Above all, when tis love has been wronged, for floods from the sea, the Catharian waters, so runs the tale, that the mother of the loves, undraped, arose. Undone myself, I fear, lest I be the undoing of him who is my undoing, lest I bring harm to him who brings harm to me, lest my enemy be wrecked at sea and drink the waters of the deep. Oh, live, I pray it. Thus shall I see you worse undone than by death. You shall rather be reputed the cause of my own doom. Imagine, pray, imagine that you are caught. May there be nothing in the omen, in the sweeping of the storm. What will be your thoughts? Straight will come rushing to your mind the perjury of your false tongue, and Dido driven to death by Phrygian faithlessness. Before your eyes will appear the features of your deceived wife, heavy with sorrow, with hair streaming and stained with blood. What now can you gain to recompense you then, when you will have to say, "'Tis my desert, forgive me, oh, you gods,' when you will have to think that whatever thunderbolts fall were hurled at you." Grant a short space for the cruelty of the sea, and, for your own, to subside. Your safe voyage will be great reward for waiting. 
nor is it you for whom I am anxious. Only let the little Euless be spared, for you enough to have the credit for my death. What has little Ascanius done, or what your Penates, to deserve ill fate? Have they been rescued from fire but to be overwhelmed by the wave? Yet neither are you bearing them with you. The sacred relics which are your pretext never rested on your shoulders, nor did your father. You are false in everything, and I am not the first your tongue has deceived, nor am I the first to feel the blow from you. Do you ask where the mother of your pretty Euless is? She perished, left behind by her unfeeling lord. This was the story you told me, yes, and it was warning enough for me. Burn me, I deserve it. The punishment will be less than befits my fault. And my mind doubts not that you, too, are under condemnation of your gods. Over sea and over land you are now for the seventh winter being tossed. You were cast ashore by the waves, and I received you to a safe abiding place. Scarce knowing your name, I gave to you my throne. Yet would I had been content with these kindnesses, and that the story of our union were buried. That dreadful day was my ruin, when sudden downpour of rain from the deep blue heaven drove us to shelter in the lofty grotto. I had heard a voice. I thought it a cry of the nymphs. Twas the Eumenides sounding the signal for my doom. Exact the penalty of me, O purity, undone, the penalty due Sicaius. To absolve it now I go. Ah, me wretched that I am, and overcome with shame. Standing in shrine of marble is an image of Sicaius I hold sacred. In the midst of green fronds hung about, and fillets of white wool, from within it four times have I heard myself called by a voice well known. Twas he himself crying in faintly sounding tone, Alyssa, come. I delay no longer, I come, I come, your bride, your own by right. I am late, but tis for shame of my faults confessed. Forgive me my offense, he was worthy who caused my fall, he draws from my sin its hatefulness. That his mother was divine and his aged father the burden of a loyal son gave hope he would remain my faithful husband. If twas my fate to err, my error had honorable cause, so only he keep faith. I shall have no reason for regret. The lot that was mine in days past still follows me in these last months of life and will pursue to the end. My husband fell in his blood before the altars in his very house, and my brother possesses the fruits of the monstrous crime. Myself am driven into exile, compelled to leave behind the ashes of my lord and the land of my birth. Over hard paths I fly, and my enemy pursues. I land on shores unknown, escaped from my brother and the sea, I purchased the strand that I gave, perfidious man, to you. I established a city, and lay about it the foundations of wide-reaching walls that stir the jealousy of neighboring realms. Wars threaten, hardly can I rear rude gates to the city and make ready my defense. 
A thousand suitors cast fond eyes on me, and have joined in the complaint that I preferred the hand of some stranger love. Why do you not bind me forthwith, and give me over to Gaetulian Iarbus? I should submit my arms to your shameful act. There is my brother, too, whose impious hand could be sprinkled with my blood, as it is already sprinkled with my lord's. Lay down those gods and sacred things, your touch profanes them. It is not well for an impious right hand to worship the dwellers in the sky. If t'was fate for you to worship the gods that escaped the fire, the gods regret they escaped the fires. Perhaps, too, it is Dido soon to be mother, O oh, evil doer, whom you abandon now, and a part of your being lies hidden in myself. To the fate of the mother will be added that of the wretched babe, and you will be the cause of doom to your yet unborn child. With his own mother will Ulysses' brother die, and one fate will bear us both away together. But you are bid to go by your god. Ah, would he had forbidden you to come. Would Punic soil had never been pressed by Teucrian feet. Is this, forsooth, the god under whose guidance you are tossed about by unfriendly winds and pass long years on the surging seas? It would scarce require such toil to return again to Pergamum, were Pergamum still what it was while Hector lived. "'Tis not the Simois of your fathers you seek, but the waves of the Tiber. And yet, forsooth, should you arrive at the place you wish, you will be but a stranger.' and the land of your quest so hides from your sight, so draws away from contact with your keels, that will scarce be your lot to reach it in old age. Cease, then, your wanderings. Choose rather me, and with me my dowry. These peoples of mine and the wealth of Pygmalion I brought with me. Transfer your Ilion to the Tyrian town, and give it thus a happier lot. Enjoy the kingly state and the scepter's right divine. If your soul is eager for war, if Ulysses must have field for martial prowess and the triumph, we shall find him foes to conquer, and naught shall lack, for there is place for the laws of peace. Here place, too, for arms. Do you only by your mother, I pray, and by the weapons of your brother, his arrows, and by the divine companions of your flight, the gods of Dardanus, so may those rise above the fate whom savage Mars has saved from out your race. So may that cruel war be the last of misfortunes to you. And so may Ascanius fill happily out his years, and the bones of old Anchises rest in peace. Do you only spare the house which gives itself without condition into your hand? What can you charge me with but love? I am not of Phythia, nor sprung of great Mycenae, nor have I had a husband and a father who have stood against you. If you shame to have me your wife, let me be not called bride, but hostess. So she be yours, Dido will endure to be what you will. Well, do I know the seas that break upon African shores? They have their times of granting and denying the way. When the breeze permits, you shall give your canvas to the gate. Now the light seaweed detains your ship by the strand. Entrust me with the watching of the skies. You shall go later, and I myself, though you desire it, will not let you stay. 
Your comrades, too, demand repose, and your shattered fleet, but half-refitted, calls for a short delay. By your past kindnesses and by that other debt I still, perhaps, shall owe you. By my hope of wedlock I ask for a little time. While the sea and my love grow calm, while through time and want I learn the strength to endure my sorrows bravely. If you yield not, my purpose is fixed to pour forth my life. You cannot be cruel to me for long. Could you but see now the face of her who writes these words? I write, and the Trojan's blade is ready in my lap. Over my cheeks the tears roll and fall upon the drawn steel, which soon shall be stained with blood instead of tears. How fitting is your gifts in my hour of fate! You furnish forth my death at a cost but slight, nor does my heart now for the first time feel a weapon's thrust. It already bears the wound of cruel love." Anna, my sister, my sister Anna, wretched sharer in the knowledge of my fault, soon shall you give to my ashes the last boon. Nor, when I have been consumed upon the pyre, shall my inscription read, Elissa, wife of Sicaius. Yet there shall be one the marble of my tomb these lines. From Aeneas came the cause of her death, and from him the blade— from the hand of Dido herself came the stroke by which she fell. Oh, nerds, I love Ovid's heroides. Even here with Dido, where we know what her fate will be, Ovid is sympathetic to her, her anger is righteous, her complaints are reasoned, she's not being irrational or an angry woman just for the sake of it. Like Aeneas has fucked her over and she's fucking pissed and she recognizes that she just shouldn't even fucking love him in the first place, but she does and here she is. She misses her first husband, her good husband, Sicaius, who her brother killed before she had to leave Phoenicia because of it. She recounts her strength and resilience, the city she created from scratch. Ugh, Dido is badass. She is Elissa from Phoenicia, a strong and independent queen brought low by the love of a man who doesn't deserve it. Aeneas is the worst. Oh man, and when she recounts how she just fucking left his wife to die in Troy too, like, mm, that really got me. He forgot her. That's what he fucking did. Man. If you need a refresher on Dido's episodes, go listen back. I've put a couple links in this episode's description because fuck, she's just too good, you know? Anyway, I truly, I love doing this so much. It's so fun. I really love getting into the emotions of these women. It's just so fun. As always, thank you so much for listening. It means the world to me that so many of you listen to the show and care about it, want to hear more of my narrative episodes and these readings and the conversations. I think each one, each type brings so much to the content, like the ancient sources, the different ways we can understand the ancient sources and the characters and the stories. Plus, I just fucking love doing it, obviously. So if you appreciate these episodes or my narrative or my conversations or ideally all of them, I would really appreciate you leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. It makes a huge difference, even if you don't listen there. 
that's where the reviews really matter. Plus, you can help me offset the jerks who listened to like one episode from five years ago and then write a review based on that alone as if their observations are even remotely relevant to what the podcast is now. Like, I'm so proud of what the podcast is now, like what I have become, how the podcast has grown, how it has grown in quality. So much quality. I'm so fucking proud. So those reviews really irk me. So, you know, go leave me a good one instead, maybe. Would you? <laughs> Let's talk about Miss Baby is hosted and produced by me, Liv Albert. Michaela Smith handles so many wonderful things for me. God, promotional things, uh, research, uh, just anything and everything, some editing. She's the best. My intern, I got an intern this month in May, is Grace, who's helping with research and lots of other things that must remain secret for now. The podcast is hosted and monetized by the fine people at ACAST. Thank you. Love you all. I am Liv and I love this shit. When the Taliban banned music in Afghanistan, millions were plunged into silence. Radios were smashed. Cassettes burned. You could be beaten or jailed or killed for breaking the rules. And yet, Afghans did it anyway. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then... Fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. 
and of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.